Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the house of hardcore, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer and I talk about the pandemic when it comes to pro wrestling as we get closer and closer to WrestleMania 37 in Tampa. Also, we get into the relationship with Impact Wrestling and AEW and how it's benefiting both companies right now. And then after what we saw with Randy Orton on Monday, on Monday Night Raw, we get into the origins of fire in the history of pro wrestling. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. There's a store, and as you know, Tommy, I just recently moved to Vernon, New Jersey, and I discovered this store called Pandora's Box in Lafayette, New Jersey, which is just a few miles away from where I live. And they have a huge collection of pro wrestling memorabilia. And to talk about that, we have Eric and DJ, the owners of Pandora's Box. And guys, thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having us. Good morning. It's an honor to be here. All right, thank you for joining us. And I also know you do uh, some meet and greets as well. We'll get into one that you're going to have later on at the end of this month. But let me go to first to you, Eric. Um, what is the state of pro wrestling memorabilia right now in 2021? Um, I think it's hotter, hotter than ever. Um, there's been a, a huge resurgence um, with uh, old uh, Hasbro stuff, um, LJN, like the older LJN line, um, the older AWA figures. Um, the internet has really helped to push the, um, um, you know, the resurgence because it's, it's opening up, um, all these younger kids that are getting into a, you know, AEW and, and, you know, some of the newer stuff and they're being able to go back and watch, you know, all these, you know, amazing, you know, events and, uh, kind of connect with those larger than life personalities. So, we have little kids that come in all the time and it's like, Oh, you have any, I want ultimate warrior. Or I want Hulk Hogan, you know, or Andre the giant. So it's nice to see, um, that, you know, that, that element is, is driving the, the, the collectible market too. So, um, it's everything, everything from old to new, everything is super hot right now. So this is interesting, Tommy, because, you know, and I know this from my, you know, from my daughter. So, guys, like a lot of the newer fans are really into the older stuff right now, it seems, because I go into your store. First of all, every time I walk into your store, there's always people in your store. It's always packed. So even though there's the Internet, I would think, you know, DJ, a lot of people just like to walk into the store, be able to visually see the merchandise on the shelves. Yeah, it's like that feeling of nostalgia. You kind of walk in. And it's everything from your childhood. You know, we got stuff from the 60s, 
seventies. And then a lot of the wrestling stuff starts in the eighties and the nineties. Um, even stuff from only like, you know, the last 10 years, stuff you can't get at the store anymore. Uh, you know, you can't go to a Walmart and go get too many different wrestling figures right now that just the shelves are just kind of empty. There's nothing there. Um, so without a store like this, you really can't get anything. Guys, do you have uh, a personal favorite um, piece of memorabilia that you have in the store? Oh, geez, we got <laughs> yeah. we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff. Probably, I don't know. I mean, the Blackheart Hogan is really rare. The Star Toys Ultimate Warrior. I put a couple pieces back up here. Um, yeah, I like this. It's a stretch Macho Man. Where, like it's a stretch Armstrong. I think it was I 1989. Yeah. And uh, they made like a series of the WWF stretch guys. And I think it's just filled with molasses. So not many of them really survived because it's just like a, a vinyl stretchy figure filled with, with goo. And when the kids got it, you would rip the box open and you know, you tear off an arm or a leg and then it's just going <laughs> to ooze everywhere and snap, you know, snap all over the place. I actually have one at home that was uh, it wasn't a wrestler. It was like a Donald duck one and it popped and it just oozes and it just makes this dried goo afterwards. So they didn't really last. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. They're pretty rare. As Ted DiBiase says, everybody has a price. Is there a piece of memorabilia that you have in your store that you don't want to ever get away with or your personal memorabilia? Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe this mint on card ECW Tommy Dreamer figure. <laughs> uh, it's pretty priceless. I don't know if we could ever, ever sell that. Yeah, we got to have would be a, That would be a stupid move. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, probably the the black card Hogan. Um, this was like later in the life cycle of the uh, LJN figures. This was at the very end. Um, and it's almost like, you know, if you're familiar with the last 17 Star Wars figures, um, they were on the shelves at the very end of the life cycle of the Star Wars toys. So nobody really bought them. So that inevitably makes them the most rare, the most hard to find. Uh, after a certain amount of time passes. So uh, to have this guy sealed on card is is very expensive. He's he's well over $2,000. Wow. For me, I mean, I have, and all this stuff is like you said, it brings you back to your childhood. I have uh, Terry Funk's branding iron from uh, my first ever main event, uh, October 28th, wow. five, where we also may or may not have set the ECW arena on fire. Don't want to talk about that for <laughs> reasons. Yeah. But um, I have that branding iron, and that's something that, you know, it's why I have a branding iron in my home is uh, one thing, <laughs> but because it's special to me. And I know, like, yeah, I could probably get a nice piece of uh, change for but it's just i won't i'm one of those people that literally just keep adding to the collection and never get rid of it and one day i'll probably just you know probably when i die I'll just give it to somebody i'll leave it to dave in my will um thank you tommy there's a lot of things uh, i so uh, f a friend of mine gave me a nick bockwinkle shirt that he wore in of his own face that he wore in mid South when he wrestled Jerry Lawler in, in Memphis. And wow. he was just like, Hey man, I've had this for a long time, 
my wife said, I got to get rid of something. Would you like to have it? And I was like, absolutely. And it's something like that. I will always look at and just be like, I have a piece of history. So I have weird stuff. Is there anything where fans come in and have offered you weird stuff besides Dave LaGreca? <laughs> uh, yeah, we won't, we won't go into what Dave, what Dave's <laughs> offered us. I got a feather from Jay Strongbow. You give me that Hulk Hogan black card. No, I you know and here's the th- you, know, oh, go ahead. you know what was crazy before just before I don't want to interrupt you, Dave, but uh speaking of Jay Strongbow, his uh what was his niece? Is a niece or she cousin? she came in here um not too long ago and was like, you know, telling us about how she would go to Andre the Giant's farm and like hang out with with him and, and you know her uncle and that she had if we were interested in potentially buying his original headdress um that's pretty cool she fucking disappeared i don't know we, i think we called her like 500 <laughs> times and scared her off we were like, i would say that back. could be a little suspect because one how are you gonna know it's the same one and two it got ripped up a lot man that was how they used to get yeah well she had yeah. pictures she showed us of like in a hallway of it in like this glass with like her with him and, and stuff when they were, you know, when he was alive. Um, so we, we didn't really think it was bullshit. That's why we were so kind of, you know, hardcore about getting in touch with her, but yeah, she just disappeared. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for those who are listening right now, if you go to the Sirius XM app later today, we're going to have the video up. So you're going to be able to see these items because they're pretty cool. The items that both uh, Eric and DJ are showing us, uh, this morning, and I know for myself because, like, I discovered this sh- this store. I brought my brother in there, and now my brother's a fan of the store. And and again, this is in Lafayette, New Jersey, uh, and it's it's amazing. And there's just Tommy. I'm telling you, you gotta come because there's just aisles of these pro wrestling figures. And I remember back in the day, and and Tommy, you know this. You know, I loved all pro wrestling. So when those AWA Remco figures came out. I was ecstatic, and they were terrible, the AWA Remco <laughs> figures. But now, guys, those are like major, major collector's items now. Correct, those AWA figures? Yeah. Yeah, they're all like uh, over $100 on the card and $20, $30, $40 loose. You don't really see that many of them. They also the- did a lot of guys that never got figures anywhere else, really, like Gagne when he was with Hennig and – like yeah. you know that was like yeah, his words and yeah like they didn't get a lot of merch which is kind of crazy to me but you know until like you know mattel or whatever does an elite for them you know flashback or whatever uh that's all they have so how many times has uh brian myers or matt cardona showed up at your store actually none um Bastards. we've tried getting in touch with them a few times because we're only like an hour and change away you know from uh from where they were filming i guess out in long island um we don't know what's going on with them. They, uh, he, he actually messaged it. We had a sealed WWF color form set that we had uh, posted on Instagram. And uh, I think Matt had messaged you. About yeah, it. he messaged me and I actually told him I was going to put it in the back. And uh, I put it in the back for a while and then I messaged it back a couple months later. He's like, you didn't come get that? And he never responded. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening, we'd be, we'd, be, we'd be more than happy to have you guys here. 
he spent a lot of money on uh, Greg Valentine, so uh, kind of set uh, him back probably. Then he got fired. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, but you know what, though? I mean, the, the collection stuff is great. And the other thing that I love at Pandora's Box, it's not just the figures and the pieces of memorabilia, Tommy, as you know, uh, where you can always get get me, and it's a soft spot, and I can't help but buy everything that I see, are the magazines. <laughs> And they have a, a, a huge box of the pro wrestling magazines. They have a lot, Tommy, from like 1981, a lot of wrestler, inside wrestling, pro wrestling illustrated. So they have the magazines as well. As far as pro wrestling fans, what is the one thing that is attracted most to the, to the wrestling fans that come into your store? Mm. Probably. I mean, like, so we have a huge warehouse, too, that's pretty much just filled with I mean, we do, you know, Transformers and G.I. Joe and, and, you know, Masters of the Universe and Dukes of Hazard. We do everything on the spectrum. But, uh, you know, wrestling is a big passion of ours uh, growing up. You know, we've known each other since we were seven or eight years old. So we grew up playing with a lot of like these toys and, you know, doing pile drivers with our wrestling buddies out of like tree houses. And, you know, like those are fond memories for us. So um, down in the warehouse, we have, you know, tons and tons of, of stuff. So when we had found all those Hasbros, I think that's really what sparked. Uh, we had found a, bought a collection of like over 500 carded Hasbros. Um, and uh, people were posting it all over the internet. And they were like, oh my God, like, look at this. And we were getting calls from guys in like Michigan that like were like, I'm going to fly there tomorrow morning and I want to buy everything. And so that's kind of what sparked, I think, a lot of like our notoriety with like some of the wrestling merch in the area. Um, but I don't know what people come in most for because we do so we do so many different, you know, things like from older to, to new. That's but, probably the biggest part of it is that we do a little bit of everything. So this is awesome. you're not just stuck yeah. with one genre. It's basically everything from, you know, A to Z. All right, so one thing that you also do at Pandora's Box is that you do have meet and greets. And I know you've had a lot of big-time wrestlers come in in the past. I know Al Snow is going to be joining you guys the end of this month, correct? Yep, yep. it's uh, Saturday, January 30th from 12 to 2. I'm thinking, Tommy, at some point when this whole thing is over with this pandemic and everything, you and I got to do a show from Pandora's Box, no? Sure. Oh, that'd be incredible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. And if you if you can hold that Tommy Dreamer ECW figure for me, like if you can hold that off to the side. I don't know, how man. Much is... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's gonna that's gonna be an expensive uh, purchase when you when you get here. All right. Uh, we're, I want... we're saving it for Tommy. I think uh, Tommy, we try actually. I think we tried to get you up here not too long ago when uh, when Sandman was here. Yep. But you were uh, you were wrestling that day, so you were preoccupied yeah uh, i'll tell you that uh on the off the air because uh i found out about uh, that through dave i didn't know anything about it so uh oh no kidding huh. yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right well then <laughs> well, all right well, then. there you go you got your answer <laughs> now that but you you need to have like a busted open section in your store with tommy dreamer mark henry oh, yeah. and bubba ray dudley figures because i figured that would be like a main attraction. And I, I do. I, I, I've mentioned you guys before on the air. I know my brother's mentioned you on the air as well. Um, Lafayette, New Jersey. Uh, Pandora's Box. Believe me, it's worth the trip if you live a little bit away. So most people 
probably do. Um, it's worth the trip. It's it's a beautiful. First of all, it's a beautiful town, Lafayette, New Jersey. But I'm telling you right now, it's probably one of the biggest memorabilia stores that I've ever walked into. Usually, they're pretty small. You guys have a, a, a great space, uh, a lot of merchandise, not just pro wrestling, but Star Wars. Like you said, GI Joe. There's some old school records and vinyl, old T-shirts as well. So uh, it, it's definitely an awesome sh- uh, store for sure. Thank you. Thank you. And Tommy, you and I got to do a show from there. Are you kidding me? I'll be stealing stuff off the shelves. I'll do. Yeah. I'll bring my com, my little Comrex box. I can go wherever. I just you know that's cool. Stand outside and do it. All right, guys. Yeah. So again, uh, at, at, once again, Al Snow coming up on what day again? Uh, it's the thirtieth, January thirtieth, from from twelve to two. Al's going to be here the last Saturday of this month. And also, you know, if you if you if you want to meet me. On random uh, afternoons and evenings, I just find my way <laughs> into Pandora's <laughs> box. So, uh, again, Eric and DJ, thank you guys so much for joining us. We really appreciate the time. Thanks for having us. Yeah, really appreciate it, guys. You got it. And, again, go to the SiriusXM app as well because we're going to have the video, and Eric and DJ were good enough to show some of the merchandise that they have. So, guys, thank you again. And, and Tommy, like they said, this is big business. Like, even now in 2021, a lot of the younger fans like checking out the older merchandise because of the WWE Network. A lot of people can go back and watch some of the old school pro wrestling so it's as big as ever. Hey everyone, this is Nicole Auerbach and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcast. And it's after, actually after we had uh, Brian Myers on and Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona, uh, is they, they love those pro wrestling figures. I am now obsessed with those old school AWA Remco figures from back in the day. And I want to talk to the guys from Pandora about it because they have a big collection in their store. I just recently bought uh, the, the set of the fabulous Freebirds. And, like, it's those things like that. And I I think you hit the nail on the head, Tommy, with the pandemic. You know, I think with the pandemic, you you want that comfort. And a lot of people are going back to things that really give them that comfort. And a lot is the old school pro wrestling stuff. Yeah, as well as um, virtual signings. There's no ways for people to connect with people. So it's a different uh, way to do it. You know, it's... I'm watching a, a documentary recently on the NFL Network, and they're talking about, you know, hey, well, you were supposed to go in last year. Um, it, the famous is when you get the knock, and now it's like, well, now you're going to get a virtual call to say yeah. that, you're, hey, your life has just changed, and you're going to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and, you know, they're still hoping to have an actual ceremony. we got to keep on uh, rethinking and changing with the times. Uh, that's what we have to do as a society. And in professional wrestling, we just keep on plugging away and changing with the times. Uh, you know, I found out after that Impact had put uh, crowd noise into the pay-per-view, and I heard it really helped and made the show a lot better, which is super-duper cool. 
Yeah, I mean, at some point, you know, and now we're, you know, we're having a change in power in this country and the vaccines are coming out. You know, it, very hopeful that at some point we're going to allow crowds back in, Tommy. And just having that element, and Ed and I were texting each other, Ed, our producer, were texting each other back and forth on Saturday. That crowd noise for Hard to Kill really made a difference. And even though you know there's no physical crowd there, it's if the action in the ring is grabbing your attention, it's good to have that crowd noise. And you had it again for Impact. I think that was a great decision by Impact to add that crowd noise element into the show. Yeah, and I mean, it's it, it really did because I went back and watched it and I was like, wow, it's something that it's missing. And even like when we had... Um, when we we're talking about people going to AEW and listening, uh, the, when we had the Good Brothers on and listening to the, they were like, man, it was such a different feeling. It made him nervous again because I, I'm telling you straight up, how I'm talking to you now is how I am in the back. It's the proverbial, we'll joke about it, like you puff a cigarette, like an old school wrestler, and be like, all right, let's go out there and work. When that is how I have always been, I don't get nervous. But even in this environment, it's so hard to get yourself up to go out there and perform. I normally just turn it on in my head, and that little extra element really, really does help the performer. We can't hear it, but now that we know it, and it's interesting to hear how it's done, and you know, it's a really, really cool it's a hard process. It's literally a new person having to go in there and say, okay, it's while you're watching it. And then you got to hit this button. You got to hit this. And there's a whole bunch of different reactions that are in there. It's very, yeah. very cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so different. And hopefully, you know, as time goes by, it will change. One word that always bothered me when it came to people describing pro wrestling is when they said like acting and, you know, the acting of a performance or actors. But it really kind of seems that way now during the pandemic because you're not feeding off the emotions of a crowd. You know, when somebody is acting and they're reading off a script, you have to kind of, as an actor, you kind of have to find that emotion and bring that out. Um, and it's, I guess it's the same way in pro wrestling right now. When you're in that ring, since you're not feeding off the emotions, you kind of got to find something inside of you, Tommy, I would think. And, and Tommy, you're, you're the perf perfect person to talk about this with. Because I don't think there's any wrestler that I can think of that is more, you know, fan friendly. And I mean, I don't mean about, you know, shaking hands or get, or giving autographs. Obviously, you do that, too. But I'm talking about, like, the crowd is with you when you're in that ring. You know, you're, you're smacking hands and giving hugs on the way to the ring. You're feeding off the talent. You're feeding off the, the, the fans. You go outside there and you grab a, a bottle of water from a fan and stuff like that. That's an element that's been taken away from your game. So you have to go to a different place to kind of go there when you're in the ring, especially now. Yeah, uh, listen, uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, COVID has killed at least half of my arsenal. Um, I'll hit somebody with a garbage can and I usually also get hungry. I usually eat food out of the garbage like that fans have given. I'll hit people with nachos. I'll take a bite of a hot dog. Now I can't do that ever again. Yeah. Um, when we get out of all this, I don't know if my psyche will want to shake everybody's hands anymore. I think I'm just going to be like Mick Foley. He was the originator of the fist bump or, you know, he, uh, he was a bit of a, uh, germaphobe before 
uh, all this happened. I won't do the spitting of the water anymore. So yes, it has uh, altered it. I always did that as fan interactions. I really did, minus the food, because sometimes if something looked good in the garbage, I wanted to eat it. And you're hungry. Yeah, I mean, it's you burn calories when you're out there. Uh, it was all, I guess, part of the experience for me. Now it's you. Um, it reminds me sometimes of the original ECW, and I'll tell you why. In the original ECW, I literally almost knew everybody's name when I walked to the ring, and I would shake everybody's hand. I I did that all the time. It's part of my entrance. When I walked out to the opening of the the guardrails, I would sit there, crack my knuckles, and I'd walk the entire route, shake everybody's hand just to get everybody part of that um, experience. But like I said, I knew almost everybody there. And people to, you know, go get them, Tommy, and everybody, thanks, bro, thanks, you know, I knew your name. Now, uh, there's only a handful of people, like ringside people. There's Dave Penzer, who's the ring announcer. We have a rotating timekeeper. We have uh, Ingrid, who wears the headset, and she's talking to the truck. She does the microphone. She is uh, a key component to the machine known as Impact Wrestling. And there usually has like a runner there and we have camera guys and a photographer. I do things to literally make them laugh or entertain them. Or I'll look at them and I'll be like, come on, I need you to cheer for me, people. And then I'll be like, <laughs> okay, Ingrid, I need you to cheer for me. Um, <laughs> and she can't cause she's on a headset, but it's those little things that have to get me going because you have no clue. And I'm all, this isn't just in wrestling. This is, you know, f- you know, we're coming up on the Super Bowl. We're, we're talking about the playoffs. They brought the element of the fans back in Buffalo. It's a big key component to help. Uh, the sixth man, you know, in Seattle, it was a big deal for their Super Bowl run. You always look at when a team needs a stop. And if, you know, you're on defense and you, you're at home, you'll have the fans literally asking the fans for help. In basketball, if you're going to shoot a free throw and, you know, the opposite team, everyone's trying to do things to distract them. It's that key component that is missing and is it's a boost of adrenaline. It, you have no clue how much, as a performer, I miss you and I know everyone misses it too. But it's it's a relationship that we've been having together for a long time, but we miss you so much. And it's just now performing literally for the people at home. Hey, everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. And seeing Tony Khan out there, I mean, we're actually, Ed, Ed Robinson, our producer, said this before the show. You actually see more of Tony Khan on Impact Wrestling than you do with AEW Dynamite. How, do you, how well do you think uh, this relationship between the two has worked over the last month or so? 
Uh, definitely put more eyes on the product for Impact Wrestling. Definitely has created a buzz within the industry where more and more people are talking about it. Uh, I remember when it first happened, everyone you know, was like, what the hell's going on? Having the Good Brothers show up there, we could have a whole lot of dream matches. There's a lot to talk about for fantasy booking. We had the one caller come in and say he now looks forward to seeing Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan. Don't know if that will happen. There's so many different things to go with this. Um, I did see, I was shocked to see him, speaking of Stanley Blackburn, because he looked like Nick Bockwinkle, Jerry Lynn, uh, and Jerry Lynn interfering and now having a private party as the new number one contenders. That is very, very interesting because if they go and win the titles of Impact Wrestling, then they could bring them over to AEW. There's, There's so many different things going on where it's cool and it's making people wonder. Um, And trust me, when I tell you about behind the scene things, there's a lot of behind the scenes that it's just like, hmm, like where do we go from here? And, And, you know, you look at Private Party. Private Party hasn't been on mainly featured on AEW on Wednesday nights a lot of times. I mean, now they're back in. The show has been around for a little over a year. Now their main storyline somewhere else. And now it's going to continue on. to. So it gives life to acts that may need that little extra oomph. They're they're two excellent wrestlers. Um, There's more TV time for them uh, now on Impact Wrestling. Yeah, and, and you know, and I'm wondering from the nation, eight seven seven three four 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 eight nine three, eight seven seven fight ninety three, if they are now starting to watch Impact Wrestling because of the relationship with AEW. Um, Doug Mortman, uh, the former host here on Busted Open, him and I all last night during Impact are texting back and forth. You know, Doug. You know, and, and, and old school uh, Busted Open Nation members remember Doug Mortman. His favorite show right now is Impact. So whenever Impact is on on Tuesdays, him and I go back and forth. So uh, I'm interested to hear from the nation and the calls are coming in. I want to hear from them if, if now they are watching Impact Wrestling because of this relationship that they're having uh, with AEW. Because I, I find it very, very interesting, Tommy, because it is creating a buzz within the pro wrestling community. Yep. And, you know, it's funny when it was a lot of uh, feedback from me saying about Jacksonville, Stamford, Baltimore stuff. That is key. You know, I always do things like when we do uh, what T-shirt am I wearing? There's a lot of things now where not only do you have to watch the the TV show, but you need to watch both like impact wrestling and AEW social medias mm-hmm. because they're now saying and doing things. Cause you get away with a lot more on social media than you can get away with on television. And like, I noticed Tony Khan last night tweeting. That was a great victory and by private party. And you could see them uh, tomorrow night. He never mentioned Impact Wrestling on his tweet. Impact Wrestling, you know, there's 
there's such combustible things that can happen, but there's also, you have to follow on social medias, even like, I mean, you'll see matches are made on social media or angles of have, but you just got to really, you know, watch and really, really pay attention because where what people are clamoring for is detail as well as trying to make sense of things. If you start piecing all the puzzles together, it's like at the end of a, of a mystery movie where you're being like, oh, I saw all this before, like it, all the pieces start coming together. And, and what was Tony Khan doing last night? He was like AEW number one. Like he, it's almost like he's, this is a relationship that can help the pro wrestling community, but I guess it falls back into like the arguments we have on Wednesday nights and Thursday mornings about AEW and NXT. It's like, all right, we conquered NXT and now we're going to conquer impact wrestling. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. But if you watched impact wrestling, like you mentioned before, if you watched impact wrestling last night, you saw Tommy dreamer, you saw, you know, gallows and Anderson, but then you're seeing Private Party and Matt Hardy and Tony Khan, and you're seeing Tasha Steeles and Kier Ogan. You see Taya Valkyrie. It's like if you if you really just put the spotlight on last night's show, the 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 amount of talent that you're seeing on Impact right now is almost second to none. Because we've always talked about Impact Wrestling being the best kept secret in pro wrestling, but now you're seeing the stars of AEW on that show as well. So. If you're not watching wrestling on Tuesday nights, you're really missing out, Tommy. And Dave, what do I always tell you? Like, especially on television, um, everyone needs to be a commodity. Mm -hmm. This in impact wrestling, everyone is a commodity. Everyone has a little bit of a storyline because it gets, it helps raise everybody's status. Everybody has something. And for a wrestler, creative creatively as well as uh meaning for yourself if everyone follows like a storyline or has something you're gonna work harder you're gonna do all those things because you want to be on television and and on the mix there are no throwaway matches you never know who's gonna win you never know who's gonna lose you also never know who's gonna show up there's a lot of key elements that have always been ingrained in my thought process where it's just you Every minute counts uh, on television. It really does. All right, let's get to the phones because there are fans that want to talk about the Impact AEW relationship. And let's go out to Chris in Maine. What's going on, Chris? Hey, guys. How you doing? What up, buddy? What's going on? uh, Yeah, I wanted to just say I'm, I'm a big fan of what's going on. I never really watched Impact up until um, all this happened. Uh, the moment when Kenny Omega won the championship and ran out with Don Callis, man, that was like the end. That was the perfect end of like a good movie. That was like uh, the end of a good song, the final note. And uh, that, that led me to watch Impact the next week. And I've been watching ever since. I've been a little disappointed. But I mostly wanted to call in today to say that I thought, uh, you know, Last night uh, was a really good step, and I'm just fired up. Thanks for taking my call, guys. You you got it, Chris. And, and Tommy, I'm reading this book, uh, and, you know, I know we've talked about this on the air before when we were doing our territory show, but I'm I'm reading this book by Tim Hornbaker. It's Death of the Territories, um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of in a chronological way, talks about the building up of the territories and then Vince McMahon with his national expansion completely killing off 
all the pro wrestling territories. When I see what's going on right now with Kenny Omega, and you got to give props to Kenny Omega and Don Callis here, it's almost like they're building up the territory system again. It, it's it's amazing. And, like, I don't think there's enough eyes on what is happening right now. We could see uh, the landscape of pro wrestling completely changing right now. When you have a world champion in Kenny Omega – and, and this isn't like uh, uh, an AEW conversation. This is a guy that a lot of people regard, Tommy, as one of the greatest pro wrestlers in the world right now in Kenny Omega. And you see him on AEW. You see him wrestling for AAA. You see him going uh, to Impact. Who knows the next stop for him? Maybe it's New Japan. Who knows? It's almost like they're built. Like, this is good for pro wrestling because now you have to watch – now, if you're a fan of AEW, you know, well, you're not, your eyes are not just on AEW. Well, Kenny Omega is on Impact, so now I got to watch Impact and the next show he goes to and the next show he goes to. This is kind of like the opposite of what I'm reading in this book. It's almost like the building up of the territories again, Tommy. When we were growing up in wrestling magazines, and you'd see, well, why is Bob Backlund facing Harley Race? And yes, like that match actually happened in the WWE. Um, they would bring other talents from outside to, you know, the WWE to wrestle on the big, big shows. Did it hurt their business? No, uh, it helped it and helped wrestling fans. You think about the great territories, which would be that were kind of neutral would be Houston and would be um, Toronto. And you would have the AWA champion facing off with the NWA champion, or you would have two different guys who represented different uh, companies wrestling each other. There's, I'm watching uh, where Gino Hernandez is running amok all over uh, Texas, and here comes a junkyard dog from, from Mid-South. And it's just like, oh, crap. Like, wow, here comes a junkyard dog to kick your ass. Who, who wins? The wrestling fans. They really do. And as long as everybody is professional and there's no, you know, egos and all that stuff, then everything will continue. Um, trust me, it, it's good for business. It's good for the wrestling fans. And honestly, when you have owners that care, we're all wrestlers um, and people in charge. Or, or Tony Khan is literally the biggest wrestling fan. And I say this and I'm not you know, the biggest, I look at everything neutral and business wise, Tony Khan came on the show as a guest during his off time on our Christmas show, not advertised. He had nothing to gain. And he just came on this show to hang out with wrestling fans straight up. How do you not support what's going on? And even our caller was a Jeff from South Dakota. He asked a question, Hey, this is what I thought. What is your opinion? That is the greatest type of debate ever. Not when people come at you on social media and say, oh, there's this. It's, hey, here's your opinion. Here's my opinion. And we don't have to fight about it because it's professional wrestling. It's really, you know, it's the best type of talk to have. Let's go out to Joe in North Carolina. Joe, what are you thinking about this AEW Impact relationship? It has uh, made me watch Impact uh, a little bit more intently than I had been before. Mainly, uh, mainly I was watching Impact kind of like, oh, if it was on, it was on. Um, I didn't go out of my way a lot to watch Impact, but 
since that whole thing, you know, since this whole thing with Kenny Omega started, I actually have been, um, you know, watching more Impact. And uh, can I send my condolences to Gabby, not for uh, Wardlow, but for all of the awkward calls that she had to endure yesterday? That was that 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 just made my skin crawl on some of them. Uh, I I I I understand where you're coming from, but you know when you have that type of situation publicly, Joe. That's why. And and I said this on I said this on social media, Joe. The story of Wardlow and Gabby is not over. That was just the beginning of the story, and this isn't like. Uh, a three. This isn't like a one month story pay per view finish. Like this is gonna go on. Like to me, this is much more intriguing than any story that's going on in Monday Night Raw. And I think Wardlow and Gabby are gonna understand that pro wrestling fans have patience. There is going to be a payoff. It's going to go on for a while here, Joe. This story between Gabby and Ward. This is not over. This might even be Tommy Rich Buzz Sawyer, where this could go on for years between Gabby and this is not this is not over by any stretch of the imagination, Joe. Blood feud. Well, that's good as long as it sa- as long as it saves Gabby from being indecently proposed to by married men and uh, people who sound like they haven't had a girlfriend since the bicentennial. Well, Maybe and Joe, okay. and Joe, that's awkward. But let me tell you, there's going to be a lot of face and heel turns. Like right now, Gabby's the baby face, and Wardlow's the, though. Is Wardlow really the heel, Tommy? He's in a relationship. How is that bad? Like, that's not on him. I actually think Wardlow is the baby face and Gabby's the heel, but I guess it's all perception. Things and roles and characters and personalities are going to change uh, during this storyline, Tommy. Uh, I don't know what anybody's talking about because I was uh, unconscious yesterday. So, cool. I just saw Gary <laughs> rip, Gabby rip up a, a picture of him, so I figured it was over. She'll move on to somebody else. She's a beautiful young lady. She'll find somebody else. It's okay. Well, and if you missed it, go to uh, our podcast that's on the SiriusXM app. You know, Mike and Daniela did a wonderful job turning that all around to put on the app for people who didn't catch it live. So make sure you do that. About the crying game. <laughs> Let's go to Steve in New Jersey. What's going on, Steve? Hey, good morning, guys. Thank you for taking my call. You got it. Good morning. To say that I'm, I'm so excited about AEW and Impact working together. Because in my mind, being an old wrestling fan, what if Pro Wrestling USA, the NWA, and AWA worked? Like, so far, these guys are getting it right. You know, hopefully, the behind the scenes, they can keep it together. Because as wrestling fans, you guys always um, refer to the magazines. When you looked in those ratings every month, you were always looking for that surprise. You know, like, who? what if this guy wrestled? What if Ric Flair wrestled Nick Bockwinkle? What if uh, Magnificent Morocco wrestle Barry Windham. What would happen if we really had these matches? And now these guys are actually giving us a chance to see some of these, you know, intriguing matches, and I'm very excited about it, you know? Yeah, and Steve, we got to – oh, I'm sorry, Tommy. I didn't mean to step on you. Go ahead, Tommy. No, you just – you have to keep tuning in tonight. I don't know what's going to happen tonight on AEW. I really don't. But when the owner of a company talks about one show and – says that these guys are going to be there. They're now the number one contenders. Who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be good. It's going to be a continuation. It's funny when you say, 
I was thinking of this would have to be a WWE thing because of the players, but you could do, I know we have tales of the dark side um, or dark side of the ring. And that is really, really some dark stuff, which people like to uh, listen to. Um, That's what people listen to. Yeah. I've watched it. Yeah. Um, There's also a lot of behind the scenes that you could discuss that isn't so, so dark Um, where, politics and all that stuff straight up uh on amazon prime i i sent it to dave it's it's a collection of rick flair going to memphis with uh jerry lawler and jerry lawler uh, and rick flair had there was a political issue and jerry lawler uh, rick flair never went back but Jerry Lawler had pictures of him holding up that NWA title and declared himself the uncrowned champion. Uh, there was a lot of behind the scenes that both Ric Flair was, says one thing and Jerry Lawler says the other. And there's that in every territory because of the politics and the BS. So uh, you could do a complete show where wrestling fans would be like, no way. I saw on WWE they're doing something about Yokozuna. They're doing stuff more with uh, the, the past legends, which is super duper cool. But there's so many different stories that if they really wanted to delve into it, man, people would watch all the time. And, and you know what? And Steve brought up an excellent point because he mentioned Pro Wrestling USA. And, and, and Tommy, you know, at nauseum, that's near and dear to my heart. And, you know, at one point we're going to have to get I know we've had Greg Gagne on. Maybe we get Greg Gagne back on again. Uh, I know he's controversial, but a Jim Cornette would probably have insight on this as well about like what happened with Pro Wrestling USA. And from what I hear, and this is why I need to get the facts, because I don't want to say anything out of school. But is that a fact that they combined the AWA and the NWA and a lot of different promotions within the NWA, but that Jim Crockett was pretty much like in the locker room signing talent for his promotion. Like, you know, right after Pro Wrestling USA, the Road Warriors went from being in the AWA to them being a part of Crockett promotion. So as long as everybody stays in their lane and understands where, hey, this is good for the pro wrestling community. And Steve, thanks so much. For the phone call, this is going to benefit everyone at the end of the day because well, – yeah, go ahead, Tommy. Back then, nobody had contracts. The Good yeah. Brothers are contracted to Impact Wrestling. Don Callis is an executive with Impact Wrestling. Whether he can walk if he wants to quit one job and go somewhere else, that is up to him. And I really don't see Tony Khan uh, trying to screw over anybody. I see Don Callis trying to screw over everybody. He's an old school carny. But, but think of like, and we talked about this, but just really quick when you talk about the talent. You know, we talked a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago about that Star Wars 85, which was the first show for Pro Wrestling USA. Just think of the talent that was on that show because it was the, the biggest stars of that time that weren't involved at that point in the WWF. You had Kamala. You had Bob Backlund. You had the Young Bloods. You had Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Valiant. Larry Zabisco, the Funks, Nick Bockwinkle, Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel, the mass Superstar and Mr. Saito, the Fabulous Ones, the Koloffs, the Road Warriors, Jerry the King Lawler, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, Rick Martel, Harley Race, and Ric Flair. I mean, think about that. And you could do that again in 2021. And listen... Triple H has publicly said that when it comes to NXT, the door is open to work 
with other promotions. Now, the WWE, since their national rise, like their national expansion in 1984, Tommy, they have never done that. If they have worked with other promotions like Evolve or Progress, it's because they bought those companies. They have never really have spread their wings and gone outside their own lane because they look at themselves inside their own bubble. If what Triple H is saying is true, and I kind of I got to be honest with you, Tommy, I kind of doubt what Triple H said there. Maybe we could get him on the show to talk about it further. But this could be something similar to what we saw back in the mid-'80s. Yeah, I mean, there was a working agreement with WWE and ECW. We just didn't know about it and yeah. the ECW guys. Uh, and, and honestly, think of that, because I remember it was in Philadelphia when Taz won the ECW title because Mike Awesome was leaving. And Mike Awesome, you know, that was a whole another thing where you could talk about you have no clue the behind the scenes of when Mike Awesome was trying to leave with, our, with the ECW title. And who knows if Eric Bischoff was going to have him throw it in the trash uh, on Nitro and what, you know, ECW had to do to get that from ha- not happening. And then to the, the match in Indianapolis where here came Taz, uh, who was contracted with WWE, wrestled Mike Awesome, who is now contracted in uh, WCW in an ECW ring. Tommy Dreamer gets involved. That was the one story. Then I had uh, in between that, we had Taz as the ECW champion wrestle Triple H on SmackDown. Here I came in and got involved, took one of the best pedigrees of all time. Then what came after that? Taz had to wrestle Tommy Dreamer, and that made history. There's all these different things where this roller coaster of what the hell is going on, that was out of necessity because of what happened to ECW. But we had a lot of momentum going forward with the whole me and Jerry Lawler feud. There could have been so much more, but then everything got... And But on our side, I feel if they would have just been straight up and said, hey, we're doing this and we're all kind of working together, we were straight up told like, you know, hey, this is our company and from our own boss, like, hey, you don't have to listen to them. They're not... They're not your boss. Okay. But you can't play K2 sides, which was being told to that, to the wrestlers. Hey, everybody. This is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovich buys it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid has stolen from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. We see Randy Orton just burn Bray Wyatt. Had the opportunity to burn Alexa Bliss, didn't do it, showed mercy, and then got payback from Alexa Bliss with fire thrown into the face of Randy Orton. We saw the effects of that this past Monday on Monday Night Raw. A little bit different than we normally do see when it comes to the fire and the fireball. It's usually the baby face that's catching that fire in the face. Not what we saw in the WWE with Randy Orton. I thought a great promo from Randy and a very, very intriguing story when it comes to The Fiend, Alexa Bliss, and Randy Orton right now. Correct. Uh, What our last caller had said 
was great uh, and about Bray Wyatt not being there and you forget that he's not there or what Alexa has done while she was on. And I love the whole, the playground setting where you don't know who she's talking to. Cause everyone, how do we know that she's talking to Bray? Um, there's all these different things that you can go, uh, down. And this is during the pandemic. You could do stuff like this, uh, as well in, if we were in the real world, but, there's a lot of uh, magic that can happen easier when there are no fans in attendance or in attendance. With Randy and Bray, it is. It's very, very good. Uh, yes, Dave, you are correct because normally, like with the fire, it's for sympathy and you want to get sympathy on your baby faces, not on your heels. That has been a big concern of mine. Like, again, I watched this week and. AJ Styles is now back to being the bad guy. We also had, you know, two definitive um, uh, arguments amongst factions on the same show, back-to-back segments with uh, Elias and I don't know his, uh, what's his name's name? I call him Gunner. Yeah, I always call him Gunner too, (laughs) Jackson Ryder, but I always know him as Gunner. You have back-to-back arguing uh, within or a disagreement within uh, factions, which shouldn't happen on the same show, let alone same segments. Uh, Because, again, like I said, when you're not that your back is up against the wall, but when ratings are being affected, you really need to go all in on good and all in on uh, bad. But, hey, not my company. Don't need to uh, worry about it too, too much. I could just give my opinion on the radio show. When we're talking about fire, and uh, Gabby had reminded us that last week I was going to talk about the art of fire. And then the show went off the air because I don't pay attention when we're supposed to go to commercial break or we're going to end the show. There's a few ways you could throw fire. Uh, It is. I've been hit with fire. Trust me, you feel it. Trust me, you do get burned. Uh, There's flash paper where you take and depends on how much you have with you and you want to have it really, really tight. And the more flash paper you have in your hand, the bigger the fireball you're going to have. You have a lighter and you pop it and you throw it. If you, It's a real timing thing. At first, it's more of a risk for the person who's actually doing it because you could fireball your own hand and burn your own hand and also as well you want to make sure that fire is lit because if you throw a dud then it's like there was this doesn't get used much but it used to get used more so back in the day the fire with chemicals you put two chemicals together and it's an instant combustion yes you could get remnants on your hand and you would see a lot more of a chemical burn on certain wrestlers when you would get that. Or, which, and I believe that this was probably used in WWE with Alexa Bliss, it's a gun that shoots flash paper. You load it in, you pack it in, and when you press the trigger, and it's more so with your ring finger, I mean your middle finger than your ring finger if you were actually, I mean your pointer if you were shooting a gun, and you pop it towards the person so it shoots out further. 
Uh, I have seen several accounts where that goes wrong, as well as firsthand when the sinister minister blew off two of his fingers in the ECW uh, locker room, uh, shooting the gun because the the gun backfired and he lost the tip of his finger and a quarter of his other finger. Um, But also when you pop that because it's basically a lot of flash paper and it shoots forward and you can't control where it shoots, even if you're aiming it, sometimes it could go low, it could go high. That one shot pretty much straight. But there's also the factor of, hey, you could blow off your own hand. Uh, So those are really the three arts of fire. Um, Or, you know, spitting fire is a whole other story, but I don't want to get into spitting fire, which I once did in my backyard when my mom told me to stop blowing fireballs with a branding iron when I was getting ready to tag with Terry Funk at 24 years old. So uh, (laughs) that's a whole other story. That's the art of spitting fire as opposed to throwing fire. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open podcast the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keep for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand 